0: Welcome to the Healthcare Podcast, brought to you by MarketScale. I'm your host, Landon Jones. From Zumba classes to CrossFit gyms to Fitbits, Apple Watches, and other wearable devices, the fitness industry is always reinventing itself to keep people actively engaged on their health and wellness journeys. Here to talk to us about a fairly recent shift in the way preventative healthcare and fitness have interacted with each other is Ed Buckley, CEO of PeerFit. How are you doing today, Ed?
1: I am great. Thank you for having me. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing great. Thanks for coming on the show. Absolutely. The first thing that I wanted to ask you, kind of a broad overview question, what do you think wellness and fitness has traditionally meant to people? And how have you been seeing that change here recently?
1: That's a good question right off the get-go. You know, look, I think that really healthcare and fitness have been kind of two cliffs staring at each other for a long time. And they both know that there should be a bridge between the two of them, but uh, both sides want the other one to build the bridge to them. And uh, from the consumer standpoint, fitness, I think, has been a very optional thing. Uh, Fitness is sometimes about your overall health, and sometimes it's about your physical appearance. And um, in recent years, I I think our society has become a lot more health conscious. And they understand that being physically active and exercising isn't just about looking good in your bathing suit during summer. It's really about making sure that you feel better both you know, socially, emotionally, mentally, um, and then obviously, of course, physically. And, and we're at a point where the, the really big legacy players on both sides are starting to want to work together. They're starting to want to share data with each other. They're starting to want to share dollars with each other. And, and I think that's because the consumers have driven them there, right? The opinions of the individuals have finally driven them to a point where simply having a wearable track your steps and getting rewarded for your health insurance premium, that's not enough anymore, right? I want to get credit for going to the studio. I want to get credit for going to the gym. I want to get credit for doing it with my friends, family, and coworkers.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. I remember back when like my parents would hire personal trainers or, or buy books, but wearable fitness trackers and smartwatches have completely rechanged the industry. But we're talking about something even even further than that.
1: Right. Absolutely. I mean, I, I'll, I'll use myself as an example. Um, I literally just got out of workout class 10 minutes ago. So I'm still sweaty during uh, you know our podcast here today, but I've got my Apple Watch which was provided to me by my health insurance carrier. It was able to track what I did in that class and immediately share it out with my you know, friends, family, and coworkers. So I've got my health insurer working with a wearable, in this case, the Apple Watch, working in tandem with the workout studio that I go to, which also that visit to the studio was reimbursed as part of my employee benefits, uh, which is obviously what, what we do at PeerFit. Um, but that's what I think you're starting to see is is not just a consolidation in terms of companies, you know, aggregating and, and merging, but these experiences starting to have really clean handoffs because as as you just alluded to, fitness for the longest time were VHS tapes, books that you read, uh, you know, gyms in your garage, and, and not that those things still don't exist, but there's a, a lot less space between all of the players.
0: What in particular about the healthcare and fitness industry do you think has led to this change?
1: I personally think this is a result of the consumers. I think that people have become uh a lot savvier, a lot more health conscious. I can think of when I first became you know an adult and went off to college and you know I remember walking through the grocery stores and the department stores and seeing what was really placed at the front you know it was kind of mainstream food as we knew it at that time, and here we are a decade fifteen years later. And what we have is when you walk in, everything is branded about organic and health conscious. And, um, you know, people don't view physical activity as a selfish activity to look good. Now they view it as almost a requirement for your health. So as our population has become more health conscious and almost more activist about this trend, they, they have demanded that the fitness companies and the healthcare companies work together. They have demanded that they find a way to share data and reward people
0: I love the sound of that. I'm a sucker for a good customer-driven enterprise. For our listeners who haven't um, heard of PeerFit before, can you give us a little elevator pitch about what your company does?
1: I absolutely can. Thank you for asking me. Um, you know, We have a pretty simple premise. We thought that wellness and the approach to wellness was pretty stale for a long time. And we asked ourselves, how do you redefine wellness? And for us, it was what people are doing on their own. They're going to studios. They're going to different studios. They're hopping between yoga and CrossFit and boot camp and even some big box gyms. They're doing it with their friends, family, and coworkers, but they weren't able to use their worksite wellness dollars. You know, where if they were, they had to fill out tons of paperwork. I mean, heck, (laughs) you know, it's almost 2020. We're, We're, you know, a year and a half away from 2020, and we're asking people to print out and, you know, sign papers. So we said, what if we could make it really simple? that you, your friends, family, and coworkers could hop around between all of these different fitness experiences, the ones that you wanted to do, and seamlessly and instantly use your worksite wellness dollars, whether it's from your employer or carrier, to do it. And the example I always tell everybody is think of arcades uh, and tokens, right? You walk in, you exchange your money for a pocket full of tokens, and you get to walk around and use them. You know, uh, Skee-Ball's one token. You can play it a bunch of times. Miss Pac-Man is two tokens and you might play that a few times. And the really cool new game is is four tokens. So, you know, you can only go there a few times. That's what we did. We created a digital token, not a cryptocurrency, but a digital token that allows the employers and carriers to buy these up and deploy them to their employees and members.
0: I'm thinking on a broader scale. I have some family uh, that works in the healthcare industry. And I remember when um, the paper charts went digital, and there seemed to be a lot of pushback, at least in the hospital where my father was working and people didn't want to make that jump. I was wondering, what have you specifically done to um, make make more space for fitness within the digital realm?
1: Great comparison, although we were fortunate to not have to go through that. And I think that example of, of EMRs was because of just how complicated and complex you know, health status and health recording is, for us, it was a simple, simple thing. We're we're already allocating dollars for people to go to the gyms, but you've got to produce paperwork to do it. It's a pain in the butt, and you didn't want to do anything to have to scale that to lots of different places. Um, You know, we simply made it as simple as possible and actually reduced work on behalf of the administrators. That's really, you know, how we took this to market. We didn't take it to market at scale, which I think a lot of people do, especially when they're, you know, a tech startup and I use air quotes there for everyone listening. We looked at this and said, what if we could start at the bottom of the leverage ladder, get a few employers, iterate the model so that it works pretty well, then go up to some regional brokers, you know, iterate it so that it works really well, go up to the carriers and pilot it in certain regions, clean it up and iterate it as well. And so by the time we got to scale, We'd already made a thousand little pivots and iterations to make sure that at scale, this was as simple and painless as possible. Um, I think with a lot of those big enterprise softwares, they build it and they say, let's take it to scale immediately. So that was just our approach. And uh, for us, what we thought was the right decision for the market we were trying to tackle, right? We weren't trying to tackle New York, San Francisco and Boston on step one. We were trying to tackle the Heartland, you know, the, the Charlottes, the Tampas, the Dallases of the world.
0: And how has the response been?
1: You know, it's been pretty sensational. It's, it's a really fun thing uh, that we're in the position of uh, at PeerFit because we get to watch local, you know, studio and gym owners all of a sudden get worksite wellness dollars that they were never able to capture. So driving revenue back into the local communities and these local business owners. We're able to help individuals who haven't been using their wellness dollars because it's just you know, frankly, very painful, or they could only use it at, you know, the big box gym and they wanted to go do Zumba or hot yoga. And we're able to watch all of these people who traditionally haven't been physically active. Uh, maybe they're starting to get to, you know, their older years where they're pre-diabetic, um, haven't been physically active in, you know, a decade and they're active and they're going with their coworkers. And so they are become very social as well. So we're not only watching people, you know, become healthier physically, we're watching them socially and emotionally become healthier with, uh, you know, with the people that they work with every day. And and lastly, the employers and carriers get to look like rock stars, right? They're traditionally known for having a lot of bureaucracy, you know, benefits and HR isn't really known for, you know, lighting the world on fire with, with fun and exciting things. And so when they get to come in with a fun and exciting program and say, and it works, and it's easy, and you guys are going to love it, and you're going to really use it. And We're going to have engagement data so we can actually track what people are doing. They look good to the, the people they're serving, the employees, and they look great to their bosses. You know, the, the C-suite where you're like, wow, you enacted something. You're saving us money. There's transparency on the spend and people are really using it. We've got the data of usage. Uh, it, we, we tried to always build something that was a win-win for all sides because we serve so many markets. Um, to, to what we talked about earlier, right? There's these two cliffs staring at each other and we speak both languages of the two continents. And we said, look, if you want us to build the bridge between you, right, the billion dollar bridge of wellness, we'll be happy to build it for you. And and that's, you know, we, we now are doing this all across the US, uh, nearly every single state, every single month is active. You know, we're we're eyeing international expansion, We've got employers as small as eight people and all the way past, you know, 10,000. So we we serve a lot of different types of companies and organizations, whether they're blue collar, white collar, you know, rural, multi-site, single site, and and we help them whether they're using their carrier dollars that, you know, the Aetna Cygnus United of the Worlds gave them, or whether it's just their own money that the employers put aside to help reward their employees.
0: Uh, Now, this might be a kind of hard question, but I'm wondering, what have you been doing to ensure that you're not just another fitness fad, but you do build that bridge and become a hallmark in healthcare.
1: That is a fantastic question. And I will tell you, we always tell everyone we're not a fitness company. We're not a wellness company. We are a fintech, financial tech company inside of wellness. If you think about it, we're not providing the wellness services. All that we've done is build the transaction process to go from the carrier or the employer down to the fitness studio and then to pull the data back out of it. So, so we really aren't a wellness program, although we look like one, we're the grease to the wheel that allows that wellness program to occur. We are truly a, a financial transparency tool and and data collection tool for these employers and insurance carriers.
0: Earlier, you laid out the metaphor of building a bridge between the fitness and healthcare industry. Can you maybe tell us about some new trends or maybe just some exciting future expectations you have because of this newfound bridge between the industries?
1: I will tell you what I can. I've seen a lot of new and exciting things. I don't know how many of them I can tell you about, Um, but I'll talk about things that are public knowledge, you know, I think about. A few years ago, how Fitbit came into this space and it became the go-to wellness solution, right? Everyone should have wearables. And I think that laid the groundwork for where we are today. Now, Apple's got their Apple Watch. And you know, between the two of them, there's a really high rate of people wearing wearables out there. And it isn't just consumers anymore because it's part of people's worksite wellness. Well, now if you have nearly ubiquitous adoption of something that's producing daily activity data – then you would have nearly probably ubiquitous interest in using that data. So whether it's the carrier themselves rewarding people, giving them discounts on their premium for achieving steps, whether it's platforms like a Virgin pulse, who's able to help collect and aggregate that data and then reward you and give you incentives and gift cards. I think what you're finally seeing from an exciting perspective is private uh, enterprises, and I don't necessarily mean public, private, you know, stock market, but, you know, non, non-traditional health companies, you've got these great tech companies, these great platforms that have formed an unusual alliance with these payers, right? The Uniteds, Aetna, Cigna's, uh, and Blues of the world. And I think the wearable aspect is just step one. From what we're seeing, the ability to touch people wherever they go from their wrist, monitor their constant health data, monitor if there's a problem, and then enact a solution calling 911, calling a loved one, um, you know, things like that is where you're going to really go is the real time data and access to people on the go. And the fact that the partnerships of the the wearables and the carers are working together, I think will transform and help save a lot of lives is, is what I see. You've alluded to the fact of like fitness changes all the time. There are these fads, there are these trends. And I think what we're seeing is That's going to continue to happen, right? You always see expansion and consolidation. You see tons of really, really niche types of fitness activities, and then you see them consolidate into one area. This has been happening for decades. But once again, that has always been a consumer side. The fact that we're now allowing payers to help push money into that market, I I think for the first time, you're going to start to see it act differently. As I mentioned, for decades, it's always expansion, consolidation, expansion, consolidation. And that's because it flows with consumer dollars and demands. Now that it will be employers' demands, um, how long before other organizations start pushing money through that medium? When is the airlines and hotel companies going to start to get involved and in, in reward you by doing all of that? And I, and I think with the extra money, you're going to see them act differently. And then you add another layer with streaming workouts like a peloton out there once again i think we're in for exponential change in a, in a way that we haven't seen it. it's not that it's going to move faster it's going to move in a different direction than we're used to seeing it because of how great those at-home experiences are and pretty soon i'm sure what you'll see is the at-home experience where it's truly lifelike that you're in a class with other people. I mean, if you're on your Peloton, you can see that screen, and it's a beautiful screen and layout, and kudos to them for their user interface. But what about when we have augmented reality where I'm in my living room, I look around, and it looks like everyone else that's in the class is there. So uh, I think the quality is going to rapidly expand simply because the amount of dollars that are now available. This is a very hot sector that will have a lot of disruption and growth for the next few years.
0: Ed, thank you for coming on the show. Yeah,
1: thank you very much.
0: And thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, you can go to marketscale.com backslash industries and subscribe to previous podcasts, articles and video content from your favorite industries. I'm your host, Landon Jones. Until next time.